live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Uh, and we've got uh, Mike Mayock saying bubble butt uh, three different times. This is the press box. Like when they're deciding to draft a player, is that what they talk about? Well, like Gruden's like, oh, he's yes. a football player. And Mayock's like, no, no, this guy's got a bubble yeah. butt. Or the best thing in the world for them would be have both. With Grady and Bischoff. Like you're not only a football player, but you have a bubble butt and you don't play your groin. I mean, if you can get that trifecta, then you've got some. On ESPN Las Vegas. The bubble butt, who knows what position he played, and um, and don't play your groin. If they could have that, they could, I mean, they could win the division if you have a bunch of those guys. Bunch of bubble butt football players. Yes, from Clemson. <laughs> well, the bubble butts this year, they're pretty good. They're like 5-2 and two and in first place. They got a lot of bubble butts. Not that we're paying attention that closely. They add some bubble butts? Do they? Let's see. Casey Hayward's been really good. Does he have a bubble butt? I know we're going to get into two seconds was... later. We're going to get into some dangerous territory. Gakwe got player of the week. Yeah. Bubble butt? Leatherwood? No, no we've looked no, him we've up. Determined. He's definitely oh, not a bubble butt. Butt. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's got two pieces <laughs> of cardboard back there. <laughs> we've done our research. We have done our research <laughs> on Leatherwood. No bubble butt for Alex Leatherwood. Didn't work out for him. You and I are kind of a party poopers today. It's, it's a dress up day at the station on Halloween. You and I chose not to. If you would have come, I'm guessing like an Astro. No, Ted Lasso. Oh, I, I've got 99% of the costume at home. Ready oh, you're to ready go. to go. Yeah. Okay. Although the Astros now play Halloween night, so I don't think I'm going to wear it anywhere because I'm just going to be yelling at my TV at home. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would have gone as the guy who hands out candy to kids. <laughs> Pretty much all I would have done. Jared right. would have been pumped. You would have been handing him candy. Yeah, I would have yeah. actually had to bring a big bowl of candy and just said, Jared, <laughs> take as much as you want. All right, here we go. The first bite. Uh, is Mark Davis right about the NFL? Mark Davis yesterday chose to pretty much tell everything about everybody. <laughs> like, he started off, and it was great. I mean, good for him. I mean, he covered pretty much every subject uh, other than what they're going to run on the first play against the Giants <laughs> next week. And I thought it was awesome uh, at the owners' meetings in New York when he was asked about many things. What did you think? So... I think what one of the main things that he said yesterday was he was asked about, hey, should the NFL provide a written report on the Washington football team investigation? And Mark Davis said, yeah, that they should. And what's interesting about that is it's the right message, but probably from the wrong messenger, because Mark Davis, uh, his franchise basically got in trouble for the few emails that leaked from the Washington football team investigation. Now, I don't think there's anybody out there, anybody involved with the Washington football team or the NFL that doesn't think they should be public at this point. I mean, I guess people that work with the NFL don't think they should be public, but like everybody involved in this is like, why isn't this public? Why isn't there a written report on this? So I, he's not wrong. There should be a written report, but it's also probably not where Mark Davis should be focusing his attention. We talked about it yesterday. I don't know why there's not a report. And if you did, look, if you did get information from people who said, I'm only giving this to you if I'm anonymous, then you redact their names, but you still put out the report, right? I, I can't believe you said that yesterday. I mean, I have no problem. Um, I, I don't. I don't have a problem protecting people who give as a source. I work in a business of sources that you protect the sources. If that's what they say, I'm not talking to you. I don't have to talk to you. But – if I'm anonymous, I'll tell you at least what I know. You could still put out the report. Yeah. You could still do that. But 
NFL says but no. But the NFL, they, but Roger Goodell doesn't want to. They wanted to be anonymous, so right. we have no report at all, right. which is ridiculous. Now, as you said, Mark Davis said a lot yesterday, which is interesting because he kind of hid for like two or three weeks after this. And then as soon as there's a bunch of media around him, he's like, oh, what do you want to know? Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that he talked about yesterday was the timing and the timing of the John Gruden emails being uh, sent to him and being leaked. And he said, that's probably the disappointment that I had. The fact that they may have known about it a couple of months beforehand and didn't let us know that we weren't informed until that Thursday. And we heard it from the wall street journal. Initially, I believe that we, if we had gotten the information earlier in the summer, when they learned about it, it would have been a lot easier for everybody involved. So, when he says it would have been easier if they got those John Gruden emails back in July, would John or would Mark Davis have fired or forced him to resign Man. if he had gotten those emails in July? That's a great question, and I can't answer it. I don't know. Would it have hinged on the fact that they would have assumed eventually they would have come out? That, to me, is the the actual question. Because there. if they did think it would eventually come out, then I think they would have done something. Right. I believe... Mark Davis would not have fired or forced Gruden to resign, whichever way you want to phrase that, if those emails were kept private or at least private within the NFL, right? The only reason John Gruden's not the coach anymore is because those emails are, pri- are public. Yeah, they came out. Yeah, they got leaked to the Wall Street Journal and then the New York Times. That's the only reason John Gruden is not the head right. coach anymore. I believe if even if Mark Davis got him in July or if he got him in October or if we got him next year, whatever – if he thought they were private or going to stay private or were told they were going to stay yeah, private, then John Gruden would not have gotten fired. And that I think is maybe the, the biggest takeaway here is that Mark Davis feels like he's been picked on more mm-hmm. than he feels like he needed to get rid of mm-hmm. somebody who said those things. And that to me is sort of the biggest, you know, mark on Mark Davis for through this time, because he also yesterday, he got asked if they were being treated unfairly by the NFL. And he said, no, I'm not going to get into any of that where the Raiders were used to this. So he tried to no comments and then gave a comment saying, of course they're picking on us. I think Mark Davis feels like a victim here when in reality, he hired a guy who said all those things and still has yet to kind of own up to it and say, yeah, I hired that guy. It was a mistake. And now we've moved on from it because that's unacceptable. Yeah. He, he grudened. He said no comment. Right. Exactly. And then gave a comment. Yeah. So I listen, that to me is still what I take away from all this, that Mark Davis feels like he's the victim, like he's getting picked on by the NFL, when in reality, he needed to get rid of a guy who said all those things in those emails that are just an unacceptable thing. Yeah. You can't have that in a leadership position in the NFL. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to discount or argue with what you're saying. I just I, I saw this last night and I could not agree, could not make up my mind whether he would have fired him. And I agree with you that I think if none of this ever came out, he'd still be the coach because he loved this guy. He brought this guy in to turn around the franchise. He chased this guy for years and years and years to um, to do what he thought he would do. And now he's without him. And I just think if he would have gotten, you know, a solid no, they'll never be released. Now, internally, they might have had a discussion. Internally, who knows what would have happened. But in terms of staying on as the coach, I think Gruden, eh, it's wrong to say get away with it. But I think Gruden could have convinced them in a way that they would have kept him as coach. Yeah. If in fact, no one thought these were ever getting out yeah. because we, 
we've heard it help. We've heard it from players about how well, John Gruden never like acted like that. They never realized no, they that. Never so John Gruden could have probably easily explained to Mark Davis. Yeah. I sent some emails. That was stupid, but that's not who I am. Right. right? And Mark Davis probably would have eaten that up. It would have been no problem for him whatsoever. Uh, but I also think while he didn't explicitly say this, Mark Davis kind of confirmed that he got all the emails on Thursday, that Thursday before the Bears mm-hmm. game, right? Like when he says we weren't informed until that Thursday, and he's he learned about it through a newspaper, right? He's basically explicitly saying, "Hey, we got everything on Thursday." Right. So they got all those emails on Thursday. Let him coach Sunday, and then he didn't resign until they became public. More than one became public. So I think that says about as much as we need to know about whether or not Mark Davis actually was going to fire John Gruden over this if they stayed private. I don't know if only I don't know if he's resigned slash fired, whichever one happened. If it's only one email, I don't think it was either. Yeah, if it was just the D. Morris Smith one, right? John Gruden's still the coach. Maybe suspended. Maybe something happens to him. But I don't know if he's I don't know if he's let go. Yeah, he's still the coach. If that was the only email that was made public, even if that even if all the other if Mark Davis had all the other ones, but that was the only one that got made public, I think he's still the coach. Yeah. I don't think that changes at all. I think it was. It became, oh, wow, there's like 17 of these and not just one. It's pretty bad. We're going to have to do this. We're force our hand here. Uh, one other topic that Mark Davis was asked about, because this is uh, the team's five and two, but it does not feel like this has been a good year for the Raiders. Because if you remember, in the summer, Mark Bedane, the president, resigned. The club controller resigned. The CFO resigned. They had a, all these people on the financial side of the Raiders just gone, just leaving. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, we've had a couple of different reports about it and taxes and a, a, a payment they got from public money in Oakland to help with the stadium renovation there. Mark Davis yesterday said accounting irregularities. I will say it wasn't not paying enough taxes. We overpaid our taxes. That's one of probably the good things about it. We paid more than we owed. So. I know he's not giving all the details. No, there. This obviously is, not. Yes. But I have a hard time believing that the president, CFO, and club controller, that those three people, maybe the three most important people when it comes to your finances, they wouldn't all resign simply over, oh, crap, we overpaid our taxes, right? No. In fact, if you read the quote again, they might have been thrown a party. <laughs> <laughs> because he said a good thing. he said that's probably the good thing about it. We paid more than we owed, so it's probably like they would have been given a bonus. Yeah, like I can imagine. Okay, you paid more in taxes than you owed. That's not a very good business strategy. But it's not right. So maybe oh. maybe one person resigns because hey, dude, you cost us a million right. bucks the last right. five years. What are you doing? But uh, you're probably not in very much trouble if, as no. an organization, if you overpay your taxes. So there's got to be more to it than that. Like, there's got to be other things that happen that well, led all three of these people resigning. The key word here and that we don't know what it is, is irregularities. You're right. What What does that mean? Yeah. It could mean a million things. Yeah. It could mean a lot of things. Have any of them be, been rehired anywhere else? I have, I think we will hear when and if Bedane is right. rehired. The other I two, I, I have I'm, no I'm with idea you. about I the other two. Don't even remember their names no, off the top of my head. I don't know about those other two. But, like, for Bedane to not be hired now. I mean, it's been three or four months removed from that. I guess he might, you know, take six months and do right. whatever the hell he wants. Right. But I don't know. At what point do we say, oh, Mark Bedane's not hired, still hasn't been hired by somebody. Mark Bedane can't get hired because of whatever happened yeah. with the Raiders. Like, I mean, if it was bad enough, then I, I guess that's a reasoning. Now, so this, 
hey, going down the road because we're not very sure. But I look at it and, I mean, do you see accounting irregularities and just say money's missing? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I that mean, means. That's that's what jump. There's money was spent somewhere or money right. is gone somewhere. But again, he Mark Davis goes back and says we paid too much in taxes, which is like, okay, you're a good Samaritan. I I don't know. It's just it's weird. It definitely feels like something that, like, outside the boss's office, three guys get together and go, all right, what are we telling him? Okay, he doesn't know anything about accounting. Let's just say we overpaid our taxes. (laughs) That might get us an extra two weeks before he fires us. (laughs) Maybe. I love that he said uh, that's a good thing that we overpaid taxes. I don't know if that's ever uh, a good thing. I mean, it's a it's not a good thing if you underpay and you don't pay your taxes, but overpay. Well, it's a good thing for everybody else. It's not good for the organization that did it. I mean, but it's good for everybody it's good, else. It's good for the people taking the money. I'm half surprised I didn't get a press release about Raiders in the community. We're out here paying our taxes. I mean, there's a bunch of companies that pay zero dollars in taxes. The Raiders are like, we actually well, we're gonna pay overpaid. More. All right, coming up next, how the hell did the Golden Knights win last night? Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Take it away to Donald alone in front. He shoots. He scores. Overtime winner. Evgeny Dodonov makes it a 3-2 Golden Knights win. All alone in front and Dodonov is the hero in Dallas. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Jeff Erickson from Rotowire is going to join the show. If you have fantasy football questions, you can text them to 69187. Preface that message with ESPN. So type out ESPN and then whatever your fantasy football question is, whatever two players you're deciding between, Six nine one eight seven. You can send those in now, and we will get to them with Jeff Erickson in about ten minutes. We are also going to give you a shot at winning some money just by picking some NFL games. That's coming up at seven forty-five. Our Friday football frenzy. We've got three hundred dollars on the line this week, so stay tuned for that. But the Golden Knights last night—they beat the Stars. 3-2 in overtime. Here's some fun stats for you. Dallas had 13 more shots on goal, 23 more scoring chances, 9 more high danger chances, and the expected goals were 3.3 for Dallas to 1.2 for the Golden Knights. <laughs> but the Golden Knights won 3-2. to two. What a dumb sport. How much do you love saying dumb sport <laughs> off those kind of numbers? Here's the funny part, though. This is the game the Golden Knights have lost in the past. True. Where they have those numbers, for whatever reason, right. cannot score. And they lose 3-2 in overtime. And you're like, look at that. What the hell? How'd they lose that game? They finally did it to somebody. Where they are clearly the second best team in the game, but somehow win. So, first, Laurent Brossois. First, hockey is numb? Well, hockey is you numb. Said so, second, I guess, Laurent Brossois. Saved 32 at 34 shots. He was 1.3 better than the expected goals there. He made an incredible save in the final minute to keep it tied. Guy's good. He's got two games in a row where the goal really stolen good. it. I mean, I mean, any guy with that name who can't speak a lick of French <laughs> has to be also a really good goalie, right? I mean, he's got the most French name on the team. Do you speak French? No, not a word. Like, what? 
so I I heard him like it, it, they, I think they had him. Oh, they had him afterwards. They had him post, I think, on the interviews. And I was telling my wife that I'm like, you know, because she saw his name. I go, he doesn't speak French. He sounds like he's from Jersey. This guy, <laughs> he really did. I was like, man, that's amazing with his name. Um, he was really good. Uh, and the the huge one there right at the end. Yeah, the huge save. That's the game right there. So they have had back to back games now where. The goalie's kind of stolen it. Yeah. Uh, Leonard did it in Colorado. Uh, granted, they didn't get beat in as bad as they did last night. Uh, and then Brossois was excellent last night. So we talked about it yesterday with Leonard. You can kind of throw Brossois in there, depending on how many games he ends up getting here. Because, again, his first start of the season came, oh, it's a back-to-back. But that's going to be a key over the next four or five weeks until the Golden Knights are at least close to being fully healthy. They're going to need their goalies to steal games. They're going to need their goalies to be, you know, the best player on the ice in some of these games. Now, you hope you don't give up 23 more scoring chances to Dallas again. <laughs> that is insane. But there's going to be a lot of games where the Golden Knights give up five or six more scoring chances, and you need Brossois or Leonard to be very good, and they've gotten that the last two games. A Dallas team, by the way, that always that also struggles to score. Yes. It's uh, not this great offensive yeah. juggernaut that they – that had that many shots more than you did last night. Yeah. Dallas uh, hasn't been that great so no. far this year. Um, the other key to me was the Golden Knights finally got goals and like, you know, game winning type plays from the remaining good players on the roster, the healthy guys that are still good. Uh, Jonathan Marshall scores the game tying goal with like a minute, whatever it was, a minute, minute 20, seven. I think, or yeah. minute seven, minute seven. And on a one timer, ties the game. Marshall was really good last night for the entirety of the game. And then Evgeny Dadnov, only his second goal is a Golden Knight, and he scores an overtime winner. And those are the players. I mean, with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty out, listen, you're not getting goal scoring from Brett Howden and Keegan Colasar and Will Carrier, right? Like those guys, yeah, they're fine, and they can make some plays to help you win a game, but you're not going to really get goal scoring from those guys on a consistent basis. You need to get it from Jonathan Marshall. You need to get it from Dadnov. And... They got that last night, and those, I think, are the two keys over these next few weeks. The goaltending's got to be good, and they've got to have guys like Marcia So, Smith, Carlson, Dodonov, Petrangelo, Theodore. Those guys, the five or six guys that, oh, those are good players that are still healthy. They've got to make big plays like they did Couldn't last even night. get it from Kolasar in a breakaway empty netter. <laughs> I mean, if he can't score there, ah, he's an unselfish kid giving up the puck. Uh, all right, so... We talked about it. Well, we talked about it from the beginning of the season. He didn't. He sort of split up the misfits in the third period. Yeah, Marcheseau played with Stevenson and Dodonov. Carlson and Smith got a couple shifts with Keegan Colasar, a couple shifts with uh, Nick Waugh. So yeah, he split it up, and I mean Marcheseau ends up getting the goal there. Again, Dang. they didn't exactly play well. Granted, they played better in the third period. They didn't exactly play well. So I don't know that, oh, splitting up the lines worked. I think it was more of, oh, hockey's kind of dumb and you managed to score two goals there. But I am I, I think that's going to be the best way to go I mean, until they're getting more guys back. Is it more desperation than strategy? Probably. I mean, I mean he's just I, looking for anything. I think everything's desperation with Pete DeBoer. I mean. Because he's looking around saying, who the He's probably looking around. Ice? You know, Will Carrier goes down. He can't even get up. He's helped off the ass. Pete DeBoer's like, uh, who's next? Who's next to go down here? What What is going on? You so, know, and I don't want to make excuses. And they say, well, it's not going to be woe is me. But let's be honest. Someone goes down every night on this team. He's literally going, how did I get this job? They got really hurt and lost a bunch of games. And then I came in and they got healthy. 
Now we're oh hurting in games. Matias Janmark missed the game last night because he suffered an injury the night before in Colorado. So the Golden Knights played Daniil Miramanov, a rookie defenseman. who At forward. Yeah, who in his second game. Right. At forward. And now Miramanov only played four minutes and 30 seconds, so he didn't really play that much at forward. By the way, scoring chances were in favor of Dallas 7 nothing in the four minutes and 30 seconds that Miramanov was on the oh, ice. come on now. Just to, just to throw that out there. played forward since I, juniors. Just throwing come it on. out there. Just letting you know. <laughs> but that's who Pete DeVore had to play as one of his forwards because Janmark got hurt. And then in the game, Will Carrier goes down blocking a shot. And so now you're left with, like, uh, Brett Howden and... Or excuse me, uh, Miramanov as like a two-man fourth line. Eh, don't even play him the rest of the way. But it's it is insane how many injuries this team has dealt with. And when it is injuries to the top two guys, the Stone and Pacioretty's, that's when it really hurts. Because here's the thing: you could have the Golden Knights could have a bunch of injuries to the bottom six, and they'd be fine. Like if guys like Will Carrier and Brett Howden and Keegan Colasar and Nick Waffle, if those guys were getting hurt. And you just like had to play, and you were still playing Miramanov as a forward. That would be okay if you still had Mark Stone and Max Patch right. But you don't. You'd get away with it. But, but you don't. Yeah, they they don't have those two guys. They only have the Carlson line. And so when you look at the lines, I I think their best bet is to split them up. I think that gives them the best chance to have multiple lines that can score is by splitting up the Carlson line. That, to me, is where they need to go. Because even though Dodonov scored the game winner in overtime last night, you're still not really getting a bunch of five-on-five production from him, which is what you usually need to win. So I would split them up. Is that going to work? I don't know. But it's not like a lot of other stuff has worked so far this year either. But I would split up because I think that gives them the best chance to have multiple lines that can score. The world isn't ending. No. Three got... nights ago, the world was ending. Yeah, it two was wins over. in a row. Yeah, talk road. about, you know, well... <laughs> Got to get the hell out of T-Mobile Arena. We're we're both suggesting the special the uh, power play coach go away or at least not run the power play. And yet last night, uh, what they get on their power play? Two or three shots? Yeah, they only had the one, right? Yeah, they only had the one. They didn't get they got two or three shots. Um, not good. But yeah, a couple days ago, I was like, oh, how could do? Those are two big wins. Those are two big wins in a row. Now they come home tomorrow night, winnable game, Anaheim. Uh, right back at it, Golden Cause, Knights. Because all they have to really do is stay afloat until they're healthy again. Because once once they're close to healthy, they're they're gonna be a they're good team. Good. They're gonna win a lot of games. So if they can, as long as they're not in some ridiculous, oh, you're 13 points behind Edmonton at Christmas, right? They're gonna be Hanukkah. fine, right? Hanukkah. What? Well, thank you, Jared. Like as long as there's not some ridiculous gap, as long as they can just basically tread water. They should be fine when these guys come back. Jeff Erickson's coming up next. 69187 is the text line. Text us your fantasy football questions. We will ask Jeff Erickson. Make sure you preface that message with ESPN. Just type ESPN, then your question to 69187. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. That process is still ongoing. And until that process is ongoing and we have enough data and enough information to be able to make a determination of whether he should go on commissioner exam, uh, we don't feel that we have that necessary information at this point. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. 
Joining us now is Jeff Erickson from Roto-Wire. Uh, you hear Roger Goodell talking about Deshaun Watson. Are you sitting on Deshaun Watson in any leagues, Jeff? I am not. Um, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm a recovering attorney, not an actual practicing attorney. So um, all the legal nuances, I'm not quite sure of. But, I, you know, I don't think he's going to play this year. Uh, that that's still been my stance, and I'm kind of leaning on that. I know the trade rumors have heated up. I've seen more people though rush out to say they're not trading for him than those are. It's pretty much just <laughs> Miami or bust. And I, I don't even know if once he gets to Miami, if everything's going to be settled. Uh, I think the league hasn't had their hand forced yet. You know, Houston's been willing to play ball and say, okay, fine, we want to activate him, but we're not. You know. They don't have to run any to like any legal ramifications. He still gets paid, so he can't really have a grievance with the league. But at the same time, a trade to Miami might force that where he'd get on the suspended list. I don't know. Um, I, so I've just been kind of sitting back and not not going that way because you think about it, he hasn't been practicing at all. So it's, he's going to take weeks to get up to speed, is my guess. too, even if the, a trade does happen. Six nine one eight seven is the text line. If you've got questions for Jeff Erickson, you can send them in now. Six nine one eight seven. Make sure you preface your message with ESPN before sending it. Uh, before we get to some questions, I do want to ask you: Packers wide receivers tonight. How good of a play is well, Randall Cobb? He's going to be a high volume play. I don't think he's a high upside efficiency play, but he's going to certainly get up a share numbers targets. But you know. Arizona knows that they're going to dedicate their coverage towards him too. So I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think I've got him around 30 in my rankings this week. He's playable, but I, I wouldn't expect huge numbers out of him. I think Aaron Jones is going to get heavy volume too. Maybe even Robert Tunyon. What do you do? He's listed as questionable, but everyone seems to think he's going to play if he gets through the week with Nick Chubb. Um, I, I will start him if I have him. Um, I've got, uh, I, I do have him in a handful of leagues. I don't expect a full workload, which is a shame because Kareem Hunt is out, and that would be handy for us. But I think they're kind of working back in a little bit because they know in Dearness Johnson they've got a viable alternative. So I think Johnson plays the role of Hunt this week. Hmm. All right, here we go. First question's coming for you on our text line again. 69187 is the text line. Preface it with ESPN. Chuba Hubbard or Jalen Waddell? I would go Waddle in this instance. I don't love the matchup for him uh, uh, against Buffalo, but I think he's going to be heavily targeted. I think the game script's going to suggest that they're going to be trying to play catch-up, which suggests a lot of throwing. Uh, so I think Waddle will be very active. I don't, I don't expect him to have any, too many big downfield plays. <laughs> Excuse me, but I do think he'll be very active. Uh, another one with Waddle. Waddle or Chase Claypool? Uh, I go Claypool in this instance, too. I think this has the potential to be a pretty active game for him. Uh, he got a lot of targets before uh, getting hurt. Uh, and I think with, with uh, Juju out, it's going to be he and Deontay are just going to be very active. 69187, 69187 text preface with ESPN. Leonard Fournette or James Robinson? Good question, actually. Uh, I mean, it's only because Fournette has made this a question. I've got them 11 and 12, respectively. Robinson won over Fournette. I think they're both excellent options this week. Cordero Patterson or Damian Harris? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Harris on this one. Chargers have kind of struggled against the run, 
Uh, you remember the game against Cleveland, the game against Baltimore. I know they're coming off the bye, so maybe they fix things a little bit. But I think this is the Patriots' bread and butter. They need to run the ball between the tackles, so I think you'll see a lot of Harris. Uh, Melvin Gordon or Marvin Jones? I think we'll go Marvin Jones. Uh, Gordon's in a pretty much a 50-50 timeshare with Javante Williams. I know the whole football and fantasy football Twitter is begging for Williams to get more work. I, I think the, I don't think that's going to happen necessarily, but Williams shows he can play. He's a better a better at breaking tackles, and I think Gordon might drop down to like 40% at some point instead of the 50-50 shares they have now. Came off the first substantial week of buys. Did you see any pickups or anyone that might uh, last into this week as players come back? Did anyone surprise you last week? Uh, the guy that surprised me was Khalil Herbert, and he'd already not that he's got the share, the volume over Damian Lewis, but how effectively he ran against Tampa Bay. Nobody runs against Tampa Bay, and he went 18 for 100 there and had five catches. So I, I'm I'm super really impressed. I think even when David Montgomery comes back, he's going to have to share some time now with Herbert, who is clearly ahead of Damian Williams now. Uh, I got a question for myself. I currently have Jalen Hurts in a keeper league. How confident are you that, A, he'll be the quarterback the rest of this season and, B, a starting quarterback next year? A, pretty confident. B, not as confident. Uh, yeah, he, he's the classic better better in fantasy than in real-life quarterback. So I think 40% of his productions come in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Uh, he's, you know, it's because he, he gives you that floor with his legs, but in real life, you know, he needs to be a better passer, and he just hasn't been so far. And I'm really concerned about that. I don't really view, uh, you know, any of the backup options behind him right now as a real threat. Uh, I know there's some people talking up Gardner Minshew, but I'm not really too worried about that. Oh, come on! I know. We'll see. That's his guy. uh, That's his guy. They traded away Flacco, got a pick for that already, so that was was smart by them. All right, but, I mean, would you you start Hurts or Aaron Rodgers tonight? It's Again, always Aaron Rodgers. Because Rodgers <laughs> just doesn't have the options. And, and Rodgers got a pretty tough tough matchup here against Arizona, too. I've got Hurts 5, Rodgers 9 this week. Uh, 69187 is the text line. If you've got a fantasy football question, text it in to 69187. Preface your message with ESPN. Uh, we got three players here in this question. Zach Moss, Daryl Williams, or Chase Claypool. Uh, half point PPR. I'm going to go Daryl Williams. Uh, I, I don't think the Giants are going to put too many men in the box format here. And they've been giving up some rushing touchdowns. I think Williams would bounce back at a decent week this week on Monday night. How far away, uh, maybe because Cousins as well, he's coming off the bye, I believe, and he's playing Dallas. But we've got one here uh, that Bridgewater. Where, where are your rankings between Cousins and Bridgewater this week? Bridgewater's going against Washington. Right. Uh, Bridgewater's got the better matchup, but I really trust him. I'm going right. Cousins over uh, Bridgewater. I've got it 14 and 19, respectively. Is Cooper Cup going to be this good the rest of the season? Uh, I think regression is always the answer, so I'll say no. But he, he, he's legit. Uh, but right now he's like wide receiver two, I think, uh, in terms of production. I don't think he's that. I think he's a top 10 guy there the rest of the year. And that, that's a start every week. Uh, where Kyle Pitts, he's the blank best fantasy tight end the rest of the season. Behind Kelsey, so he uh, has. You, you, I was gonna say he's past Darren Waller. Yeah, uh, just because of Waller, I mean, I, right now I don't trust that. I mean, you've got the health issue, plus 
you know, we saw this huge volume early on, but we've seen, you know, Edwards emerge. We've seen, uh, you know, Hunter Renko emerge, and that's cut into some of his targets. I actually think that's a good thing for the Raiders. I think they're just, you know, they're spreading the ball around. I think Carr's having a fantastic season. I think the play calling the last two weeks has been wonderful. I think there's been a lot more play action. Uh, I, 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 I like what they've been doing lately. And, you know, it, Force feeding Waller is good for us in fantasy, but it's not necessarily the greatest thing for the Raiders. So, uh, you know, Waller is still third. You know, it's no no intel here, but Pitts is a generational prospect, and they're treating him like that now. We've only seen him do it once, but if Travis Kelsey starts to rugby lateral guys to touchdowns, does he should he get points <laughs> for that? <laughs> I don't know how we categorize that, but. Uh, you no, know, it's the Chiefs. They just do things differently. Um, we'll see. I think they, you know, the Chiefs really need a buy. And unfortunately, they have a very late buy. Uh, their their defense is just a rack and their offensive line's a problem. Uh, I think they get, I think they're the classic bully team. They're going to beat the bad teams. We saw what they did to the Eagles. We saw what they did to the football team. But when someone hits back against them, they kind of struggle. And uh, you know, we'll see. I think this week is a pretty good matchup for them, but. They've got some wars, two games coming up against the Raiders, another game against the Chargers coming up. They're going to struggle in those games. Uh, here's a fun one. By week ad at the tight end position, Evan Ingram or Mo Alley-Cox? I'll go Ingram, although there's some rumors that he's on the trade block. That may not be a bad thing for him to have a new, uh, new locale. Uh, they're pretty close, 14 and 16 my rankings this week. Uh, Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins? Oy. Jones. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he is the quarterback streamer of the week. I've got Lamar Jackson in a bunch of leagues. Uh, I've been picking up Jones a lot this week. Wow. Uh, and then we, first time I think, we have a question about a trade. Um, trade Cooper Cup for Nick Chubb, Tyler Lockett, and Kirk, which I'm guessing is Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, assuming that he has two spots to drop, it's not just making a hard decision. You know, Kirk isn't like a lot, you know, lateral compared to someone else. So that's already on the roster. I, if you need the depth, if you need the running back help, I could see it. You definitely, you know, there's some concerns about Chubb, obviously with uh, the, the, the calf injury, what sort of work that he has coming back. But if you need the improvement at running back, I could see it. I can get behind this deal. Well, he is Jeff Erickson from Roto wire answering your fantasy football questions every Thursday. Jeff, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Anytime. Take care, guys. Rotowire. All your fantasy sports. Yeah. Boy, got a trade question. I'm thinking back to when we did this on the previous show with Jeff. We never had a trade question. That's the first. That's fun. First one, yeah. We need more of those on here. Do, so. you, th- do you think he could start answering fantasy basketball questions? Yes. I... Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Anything anything with fantasy. Jared, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Did not start off uh, this this year very hot, so I may need some... Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. We have, how much money do we have today? $300 in our Friday football frenzy. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center, 300 bucks on the line. We're going to take caller number one, 702-364-1100. You're just going to have to pick the winner of three games that we give you this weekend. 702-364-1100, your chance to win 300 bucks. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. 
It is Friday Football Frenzy on a Thursday. Thanks to the Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Just stop by one of their 31 Las Vegas locations. $300 on the line today. We've had back-to-back losers, and today's is Jerry's shot. All right, Jerry, your first game, Panthers at Falcons. I will go with the Falcons. All right, so Falcons in for your first game. Second one, Titans at Colts. Uh, I'll go with that uh, home dog. All right, we've got you in for the Colts. And the third game, Cowboys at Vikings. Uh, Another home dog. I'll go with that one. All right, so Falcons, Colts, and Vikings. If those three teams win... You will take home $300. Thanks to our loan center. If not, we'll have $400 to give away next week. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. Good luck, man. Falcons, Colts, and Vikings for Jerry. Uh, $300 thanks to our loan center. And if not, we'll be giving away $400 or trying to give away $400 last week. We are, so this is week eight. We've had seven previous contestants. We've only had one winner so far. Julio won $500 back in week five. Uh, The last two weeks... Are they are combined one and five Ooh. picking games with no spread? Yep, no spread, just picking winners. That's Remember when you, you guys used there. to do it with a spread? Yes, yeah, that was. <laughs> no wonder we got up to nine hundred dollars at one point. Uh, so, got a Thursday night football game: Packers and Cardinals. Could have been a good Thursday night game. Might still be a good Thursday night game, but. J.J. Watt's now been ruled out and might miss the entire season because of a shoulder injury. And the Packers' best wide receiver is Randall Cobb. Still a better Thursday night game than most games. Yeah, it's true. Six and one and seven and zero. Okay, but we have seen Aaron Rodgers win games with some guy named Janice, (laughs) a fat tight end, and James Jones in a hoodie. Yeah, he has. I am excited for the loser of this game to be called a pretender tomorrow. Oh, I'm excited. Start for listing it. the yes. top NFC teams and they're not even listed. Yeah, oh, I'm the, so excited, especially if it's a close game, like Packers win by four. And it's like, oh, we knew it. Arizona's Cardinals were no bums good. all along. Oh. Totally overrated. Oh, I want, I want them to win on a last minute Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary. And it's just like <laughs> two Randall Cobb. Yes, actually, yes. <laughs> well, there's nobody else to actually catch the ball, so. Hey, Robert Tanyan could do that stupid <laughs> post-up move that Aaron Rodgers seems to teach his tight ends how to do. I am just excited for the for somebody to be called a fraud. Just, we knew it. Kyler yeah. Murray can't get it done because Aaron Rodgers completed yeah. a Hail Mary. Wait, he he completed two Hail Marys against Arizona, right? This is Yes, and yes. then um, I believe one of my favorite plays of all time was the back-to-back Larry Fitzgerald going, I'm done playing this game. (laughs) I'm going to now dodge every single defender, get us down to the five-yard line, and then do a motion shuttle pass where I walk in the end zone. Is So, okay, he had, Aaron Rodgers had the, he had to complete like a fourth and 20-something to get to midfield and then completed the Hail Mary against Arizona. Did he he lost a playoff game in overtime to Arizona, right? That was that like was the that, that that was the Larry Fitzgerald game you're talking yes. about. Yeah, okay. that was the one where it was like 48 to 42 or something like right. that. And I think I think Rodgers threw a pick six, but he got face masked. They didn't call it yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they called it, but it wasn't actually a face mask. But the guy had like touched the top part of his helmet, and it was Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers like. Bleh! Right. No, no, no. He lost. He's lost a game in overtime. I think it was a playoff game where he threw a pick six 
Oh, okay. And but his face mask got pulled as he was throwing it, but they didn't call it. I think it was all I'm trying to say is for some reason Packers Cardinals. I'm like they're oh, always we'll take, great. They're both going to score I mean, in the 40s. I was going to say we'll take 48, 42 yeah. tonight. Not ask any questions. <laughs> I just genuinely like. I'm pretty sure that was one of the NFL seasons where it was like. Okay, well, every non-topic, like non-actual, like X's and O's topic we're going to talk about is something super problematic. And then Larry Fitzgerald goes, don't worry, I've got something for you guys to just sit there and go, he's like 37 years old. Okay, so before we say that one of them is overrated, where do you put Arizona and Green Bay right now in the NFC? All right, let's do it before the game. The Cardinals are frauds. Okay. They got no so shots. You're say, okay, you're saying they're frauds. <laughs> All right. I mean, they're undefeated. I don't think they're the best team in the NFC. I, I I don't even know if I'd put them. I don't think they're better than the Bucks. I don't think they're better than the Cowboys right now. The I don't Rams. think they're better, they're better than, than the Rams. No, eh, maybe. No. I mean, they beat them. So maybe, and we'll see if they beat the Packers tonight. But I, Bucks and I put Bucks and Cowboys definitely ahead of them, and then. Rams, Packers, Cardinals, kind of all in Throw the same one. category. Granted, I, well, does it matter? That's why, aren't the Cardinals like a six-point favorite or something crazy yeah. like that? Is that how much of that is Devontae Adams? I didn't pay enough well, attention to what lines or were. Randall Cobb. <laughs> well, Devontae Adams way, not right, being there. Exactly, Randall, Randall Cobb, Cobb being, being there, the number one guy. Because <laughs> it's also Alan Lazard. Like no Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard would be the number one <laughs> wide receiver, and now he's gone too. So it's like, all right. Scandling. Yeah, Randall get Cobb. open. That guy's on IR. Oh, okay. I, I, I read he might be activated for the game tonight, but Marquez Valdez Scantling, he might go for 117 yards tonight if he's activated off of IR. So, is Marcel Aitman available? Probably. James Jones. Yeah, he probably is. Jordy Nelson, get him out there. Where's Willie uh, Sneed? Jordy Nelson. I'd Why did that. Willie Sneed sign with the Packers? Signed with the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, what the practice hell? Practice squad. What a failure that is yeah. by Drew Rosenhaus. 